You are listening to the Digitalization and Industry 4 podcast, featuring a wide range of topics of matter in business, technology, and management connected to the rapid technology development and digitalization. In today's episode, I have the honor to talk with Zukesh Tedla, currently with roles as CEO, chairman, and board member. Zukesh has a background within electrical and communications engineering, and today he will help us to navigate the topics of digitalization, innovation, and blockchain technology. Welcome, Zukesh. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Dinner. Thank you for joining us. I know you have a very busy schedule. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I introduced you in the introduction as uh, both a CEO and you have different roles as a chairman and board member. Tell us about your journey so far. In my current role, uh, I'm uh, the CEO uh, and founder of Unbiased, a startup that me and my girlfriend started in late 2018, um, where we do uh, where we're trying to bring um, technology like AI and machine learning and blockchain to uh, masses and consumers and enterprises. So what we do is basically we, we, we are fighting the challenges like bias and fake news and misinformation on the internet. And um, we're building applications and solutions which can help enterprises and uh, normal consumers uh, to take advantage of this awesome technology out there. Mm. And my role at uh, Swedish Blockchain Association and I'm, I'm the chairman of uh, Swedish Blockchain Association, which we started almost two years back. In my current role as chairman, uh, what we do at Swedish Blockchain Association is basically spreading the knowledge about blockchain technology. Mm-hmm. It's still in the early stages. So what we try to empower people in Sweden and engage in different discussions and bring them together, uh, do different events. Uh, so we also have a meetup group where we organize different tech talks every month. And we do a lot of events as well. So the idea was to basically spread the knowledge about blockchain because there were like a lot of misinformation out there. And yeah, a couple of years back, like you see a lot of news out there saying that, okay, this is illegal and something like that. So, Hmm. but the actual technology is super cool. uh, If you dig into that, it's not just about the cryptocurrency. So that's what we try to differentiate uh, Hmm. with Swedish Blockchain Association. Hmm. And with these different projects and missions you are doing, uh, where does this interest come from? I think it's um, it's just uh, passion and uh, great team, uh, to be yeah. honest, because when I started this journey uh, almost two years back, I just got to know about blockchain and a bit more about AI. Uh, before that, I was a bit, uh, how do you say, um, a bit freaked out, like the Terminator style whenever I think <laughs> about AI. <laughs> Because I think that's that's kind of the thing. Like when you see on the uh, news out there, uh, when people talk about AI or uh, these kind of technologies, always the negative aspect of it uh, impacts much more people. So it's unless when you dig into that and when you le- start learning the technology, then, till then you don't realize the actual benefits of it. So when I started looking into uh, blockchain and AI and machine learning, just caught my interest. And then since then, uh, I never looked back and uh, keep working on that. Mm-hmm. And and then you mentioned a little bit about your company that you co-founded, Unbiased. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you tell us maybe more in detail about your mission and vision? When we started Unbiased at the time, uh, two years back, almost two years back, there was like a lot of uh, hype about this fake news and mm-hmm. data privacy and security with the 
hacked from Facebook. So I was a bit like frustrated to see like all this misinformation and the social media, the way it's impacting the societies we live in and the dominance of these uh, internet chains, uh, the so-called internet chains to control the dialogue in our civil society and democracy. So it kind of really uh, got me thinking. And then when I started discussing these things with my girlfriend, then we, we kind of realized that we need a solution, which which is uh, kind of transparent, which is open for everyone, uh, which doesn't have any things behind the scenes. So we started looking at different ideas. And then we thought, okay, we have to provide a simple to use information platform where people can get insights without spending uh, hours of their time looking through social media feeds, reading articles. That was so ridiculous for me because like when when you look into the internet today, if I want to get the public sentiment on a specific topic let's say what's the public sentiment on trump right so you the only way you can get that information is go to google search for it and you get like bunch of links or you go to social media you see bunch of links and all that information is also personalized to you based on certain algorithms so you don't really get to see the actual opinions of people on both sides Mm-hmm. So it was really straightforward that, okay, we need a solution which is unbiased, which is not biased to a certain uh, opinion, which is not personalized, which gives the facts, which gives the sentiment and how it's changing. So that's where we started with unbiased. And the mission for unbiased is simple. The algorithms that we use uh, shouldn't be biased towards mm-hmm. one side, a race or religion or ethnicity or group. So they have to be unbiased. So that's our first uh, goal. And the second goal uh, is about fighting fake news. So once you have an unbiased algorithm or diverse algorithm, which is transparent, which is built in a transparent way, it can uh, try to fight fake news to a certain extent by giving opinion on an article and certain reasoning as well to a certain extent. And the misinformation uh, is about mainly about like big data. So how can we visualize this huge amounts of data in a really simplistic manner that a common person can understand? It's It was pretty simple, like using different kind of gamification techniques and uh, analysis and analytics and just presenting it in a simple fashion. So we've at Unbiased fight biased AI, fake news, and misinformation. These are the key three things that we do today. Mm-hmm. And it's a very current role because we, we you mentioned the different the fake news and a lot of people are consuming news through digital medias yeah. like uh, social medias, through your website. You have different milestones, you have different releases. Uh, where are you in, in that process today? What are your different activities? This is a bit uh, very complex uh, project. And we when we started digging in, we simply realized that there is no one single solution that can solve this whole complex problem. So we started um, breaking down into different phases. And during phase one, we developed something called Unbiased Data Marketplace, which uh, is a crowdsourced platform which helps enterprises build algorithms in a transparent fashion by collecting data from various transparent sources. So, and which basically helps to build unbiased AI, right? So that's the goal. So we just launched our data marketplace beta version into the market like almost one week back. Um, so it's going well so far. We have been testing it out under different scenarios uh, in the community and we're getting a lot of support as well from the community. And soon like in uh, June, 
during April, we will do the actual uh, main launch when, when we have much more pilot projects and uh, real use cases uh, implemented on the platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, during 2020, we will also work on uh, the other applications like Search Engine and Social Gateway, which you can find more information about them on our website. It sounds very interesting. So it will be very interesting to, f- to follow your uh, progress. And today I mm-hmm. want us focused on blockchain. Uh, could you help us in a short sentence uh, explain what the blockchain is before we go into the deeper details? Yeah, blockchain. So as the word sounds, it's a, bu- it's a bunch of blocks uh, connected in a chain structure, right? So mm-hmm. that's, that's what blockchain means. So if we, I think everyone heard the word Bitcoin uh, by now. Mm-hmm. So the technology behind Bitcoin is the blockchain technology. Uh, so Bitcoin itself isn't a technology. Bitcoin is uh, in product of a technology and the underlying technology is what's called blockchain technology. So if we go into deeper, there are some different uh, maybe words that we connect uh, with blockchain. Yeah. And one is the, the block, as you say. So what, yeah. what does it contain? Why, what is inside this block? Let's take the anal- analogy of a database. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you have a database, you store a piece of information in a different structure. So when it comes to blockchain, it's the same concept. Consider it as a database, which is is distributed across different nodes, which is, which doesn't have a single uh, source or a single centralized architecture. What a block represents in this context is that it stores a piece of information of different transactions that happened at a point in time. Uh, so it's just like a piece of uh, database, which is being linked over and over and over. So the first block is called Genesis block mm-hmm. and the second block is linked with the first block using different cryptographic mechanisms. So in that way, each and every block is basically stitched to one another with cryptography. So in that way, you have a chain of blocks representing a set of transactions that happen over the time. So what's actually stored in these blocks is kind of a log history of different events happened at different point in time. Blockchain is like a decentralized ledger. Does it mean that some Thing is decentralized and how is technology enabling this so ledger is basically uh, so if you look in the financial terms you like in your bank accounts you you mm. see when you go to your bank account and open your account summary or statement you can see all the transactions where you spend the money and where you got the money from so it's a ledger of transactions that happened on your account so in a, in a blockchain context, it's the same thing, uh, basically. So blockchain is a ledger of transactions or actions that happened uh, at certain point in time, by a set, which were created by a certain entity or a person or, or a group of people. So you have an account, uh, you create a certain action, it's recorded on the blockchain, recorded in the ledger. So this ledger is basically distributed across various nodes uh, in the network and each and every node has the same information and that's why it's distributed and uh, in a ledger and in another word we also like connect to the blockchain is that sometimes we hear the word mining inside this blockchain what is uh, the role of the mining and what mechanism is it allowing yeah i think a good analogy uh, where the mining um, comes from is from the gold industry right so like when you do when you mine gold uh, you you get gold at the end of the day so uh, in the same way, in blockchain uh, world, uh, we deal with computers uh, instead of uh, 
manual labor. So computers need to do some mathematical calculations to create a block and link it with the chain. So in order to do that, uh, you need a lot of computational power. And this is only limited to certain blockchain networks or types, mm-hmm. like Bitcoin, for instance. You have proof of work where you do this mining operation by computers. And this mining basically generates new Bitcoins in the process as an outcome. So this helps people to uh, operate the network and get some incentive. And that's what the mining is used for. So, but if this is mean, uh, let's take just one example to, to help us yeah. explain. Uh, let's, you mentioned Bitcoin. So let's say that I want to send you money like, and we do yeah. this transaction online. What would, be, would the transaction itself be uh, represented as a block? Is that correct to say? No. Uh, so let's take like you want to send uh one bitcoin to me right mm-hmm. so when you use like you can use some kind of application which which is facilitating this uh, transaction and you uh, send one bitcoin so what that application does is basically create this transaction and broadcast it to the network and mm-hmm. no a certain node in the network basically picks it up picks this transaction and puts it in a block so there can be numerous transactions in a single block at a time. Uh, so it's not just that when you created this transaction, it directly represents a block. It could be representing that it don't, it's, it's the only transaction in a block, but there could be numerous transactions as well in a certain block. Uh, so a block is, a, I think, a small kind of like a database of transactions at a certain point in time. Mm-hmm. When this block is recorded on the chain and with, when all the other nodes in the network agree that this is a valid uh, transaction, this is a valid block, then uh, I get paid. Uh, after that process you mentioned a little bit about the mining because sometimes we have like who is approving the transaction because when it's decentralized everyone will have the same information if you look at the banking system bank approves it right so and they will maybe at some point in time there were people actually sitting and approving each and every transaction but now uh, it's everything automated uh, done by the computers uh, in the same way, in blockchains, you don't have like central authorities like bank. It's mm-hmm. peer-to-peer. Uh, okay. So you mm-hmm. send the money, I get the money paid. And the network itself validates the transactions. There is no human factor involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's done using mathematical computations and cryptography to ensure that you have what you say you have and you're sending what you have. So it's like... If you have one Bitcoin, it confirms that you have one Bitcoin and you are able to send that one Bitcoin to me. Get the latest insights on digitalization, business strategy and innovation by visiting digitalstrategy-ai.com. What are the benefits when, when we use this kind of technology? What is it enabling us to do that we haven't could done before? Um it's basically simplifying the process, right? So if you want to send money to a certain person or uh, an entity, why do you need to have uh, some other entity involved in between? Uh, yes. There is no reason for that. And it's it's the concept of middlemen in the system. Create uh, inefficiencies in the process, which adds costs, which can cause other issues as well. So the you don't need to have these middlemen in most of the scenarios, whether it's you are doing a financial transaction or uh, or you're doing a land sale or land registration, you don't need to have, you, you should be able to validate that you are the rightful owner and you have the right to sell that property.
32. If we can do that in a really transparent and uh, using this cryptographical and mathematical way, and that's where like the blockchain helps us to do that without any middlemen in the system. And today, a blockchain is usually a technology that we hear in this digitalization or digital transformation. And we know that uh, digitalization is transforming many sectors. And you work a lot of, with a lot of companies and consulting services. What's your view on this digital tra- transformation happening in our society? During the last years, I have been also doing consulting as well, blockchain and innovation mm-hmm. consulting mainly. Um, where we basically look into uh, like different strategies. So uh, are, for example, if we take like Volvo Group, for instance, uh, are they going to sell trucks or are, do, do they need to find new business models? So these kind of different strategic questions. Uh, so how can blockchain influence their business or how can uh, 5G influence their business? So it's not just that uh, for Volvo Group, but it can be applicable for any other business as well. So how can these new technologies that, that's popping up every day can impact their businesses? So we bring that third-party perspective and um, come up with new strategies and new ideas and see the trends in the sector. Uh, for example, right now, I think like 5G, IoT, and uh, blockchain and AI are like super hot topics mm-hmm. uh, in the digital transformation, and they are basically leading uh, the digital transformation right now. We we know that for sure 5G is coming out in uh, maybe less than a year and the connected devices are growing every day. Uh, just in last couple of years, they almost doubled in numbers. And um, yeah, we have connected cars coming out. We have autonomous vehicles coming out. So all these new technologies are coming out at the same time so we have to be uh, ready for this transformation as a society but also as an industry as well and that's where i try to help out different uh, organizations and companies uh, with strategies looking at their business models evaluating what's outside uh, in the startup world in the new technology world and bringing those solutions into these enterprises. And just continue with the talk of like blockchain as a technology. You mentioned it's transforming a lot of uh, sectors uh, because we can today read that uh, blockchain has uh, drawn attention from both investors, but also regulators. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. if we talk just maybe practical terms, uh, could you highlight some of the interesting use cases that uh, blockchain can be used? Before talking about this, I think we need to give a bit of uh, background, like why blockchain came into existence in the first mm-hmm. place. So back in 2008, I think many of you are aware that there was this financial crisis caused by uh, some banks and some wealthy people, right? So uh, some powerful people, let's say. So because of that scenario, the people who were saving and everyone, they lost their jobs, they lost their homes, all their uh, assets and their values uh, almost uh, came to zero. So in this scenario, what happened was this. And after that uh, event, like all the banks were bailed out uh, by the governments and banks are all fine. But the end of the day, the people uh, were basically uh, lost their jobs and people were at the loss. So the idea of blockchain basically appeared uh, as a white paper by, at that time. So this was just released like an idea and a white paper by a group or 
we don't know who, uh, and they call by names uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, they released this white paper saying that uh, this is a cryptographical solution which enables peer-to-peer transactions uh, in a transparent way. So there, there are no behind-the-scenes deals uh, that's happening like you see in the banking system. So it was fina- initially the use case was mainly focused on the financial sector. And that's what we see, uh, which is leading the blockchain technology as well. And with the la- uh, recent announcement of eCorona, you can see that blockchain is uh, becoming mainstream and uh, it's being adopted by various public institutions, private sectors as well. When it comes to other use cases of blockchain, like um, in the recent days, I think like the data economies uh, are evolving with the help of blockchain technology. Like even in our case, within our startup, uh, we are tr- trying to bridge the data economy. How can you make um, the user data that's that we are generating every day? Um, how can you monetize that data? How can you, instead of uh, giving complete control to like uh, these organizations and chains, how can you monetize and get some value from it? Because you are creating the value. You should be incentivized for creating the value. So that's what we are trying to achieve uh, with blockchain. You said that we don't need a middleman because you mentioned that it's, uh, yeah. it was first uh, in, in finance. But yeah. my question is, that will it be that we don't need banks anymore? Well, uh, I don't think um, it will happen. But uh, we are starting to see the trend, right? That, and that's one of the reasons like, banks identified that this is going to be a serious issue uh, to their business models and they're trying to adopt, see how they fit into this uh, uh, dynamics out there. I, I don't think that we will uh, see near future, at least that banks will be not needed, but uh, there are more and more innovations happening in the blockchain domain. So maybe in couple of decades i don't think we will have banks everyone will be doing p2p transactions and i know that another case that we talked about uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago was in supply chain logistics where i i work and there was one one case that i i read about that uh, for example in con- container shipping that today there's yeah. a, a lot of manual process that you need to sign off documents and uh, it, it, one kind of approval for uh, getting the the container in land could be like months but now they are using yes blockchain technology to reduce that process time uh, to to maybe the weeks instead of months and and they mentioned the term smart contracts uh, is that also a, a part of blockchain technology or is this is uh, something new what are the connection with with that let's talk about the smart contracts first so when uh, bitcoin came into existence in 2008 there wasn't any smart contracts it was just one concept the whole blockchain was just built for one purpose the financial transactions of bitcoin and in late i think in 2014 um, there was a guy called um, vitalik uh, buterian i think uh, he's based in canada right now and he was 21 years old or even 20 uh, when he uh, came up with this idea called ethereum which is like a smart contract platform Uh, it's still a blockchain it works similar to uh, bitcoin but then you can create 100 types of uh, bitcoins on this network so he basically reimagined that okay if you can use blockchain for just one use case it's not going to be used by many people right and how can you make it useful uh, that many people can create similar kind of solutions for their own purposes 
And that's where like the smart contract logics uh, came into uh, existence. So now there are various blockchains out there. There are various type of smart contract platforms. Uh, so a smart contract is nothing but like a business logic written into uh, programming code, uh, which is executed by the computers instead of people who make mistakes on paper, for instance. So smart contracts are designed in a static structure. Mm-hmm. So there are diff- there are certain actions that you perform. If we take the example that you mentioned in the supply chain. So in supply chain and the container shipment, you want people at different uh, points in the process to validate the data, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, so so they look at different things. Okay, this is the container arrived at this point in time. So I validate that information. As the information passes along the way in the supply chain, uh, if it's on paper, it gets lost or it gets misplaced or it can, there is a prone to error. So there is a prone. Uh, there is also an issue with the trust as well. So what blockchains and smart contracts offer is that as you, as we already agreed that blockchains, uh, when you write something on blockchain, it cannot be erased. In that sense, when you create a transaction or an action on blockchain, when in the supply chain context, it's, it exists on the blockchain. It cannot be changed or it cannot be erased. Even though it, it's updated, you see that action as well. Okay, this was initially this, and it, this was later updated to this. So you you basically see all the events happen on related to a supply chain process. Anyone can track this information. Everyone can validate it. You don't need to build some uh, complete new application. You just create a simple business logic in the smart contract, and you deploy it on blockchain. You don't have to worry about it. It basically solves that purpose of trust uh, between two parties, and it can be uh, you can apply the same logic in a, a land registration for example mm. if you look at uh, previous history and if you are the rightful owner then you can just sell that land to me and mm. then i am the rightful owner for that land mm. so this information if someone else comes in the future and sees this information on the blockchain then they can validate that i'm the rightful owner i uh, i have the authority and the keys uh, to basically sell it to you i liked what you said about the trust and transparency but i think one question for me as a like a practical side is that if one mm-hmm. entity goes in and change some information will that mm-hmm. automatically mean that uh, transaction will not be off how is uh, the blockchain system safeguarding both the, the transparency and the security aspect when you put an information on blockchain it's distributed network right so it's not just one single source of information it's the same information which is across hundreds and thousands of nodes all over the globe if even though if you try to change something on in one node all the other nodes in the network start complaining that okay this is false this is something you cannot do and um, in the supply chain context again like uh, Let's say you made a mistake when you're entering uh, the first entity. Mm. You want to update it. So you instead of updating the old entry, you create a new transaction. And that's recorded uh, on the blockchain as well. So anyone, others in the process can go and see, okay, this was actually initially wrong or and later it was updated by this person or this uh, group or this organization. Mm. So you can basically show, okay, why did you update it? So there is no room for misinterpretation or the trust can be established. A lot of people are now recognizing the benefits, but also there are some 
some challenges, of course, but, but you work a lot of maybe with startups and also organizations wanting to implement the blockchain applications. Uh, so, yeah. so my question a little bit, how, how do you start this, this journey, if you say, because there is a tech, technology aspect, but it's also yeah. process behaviors. Uh, so where to start and what's your advice for those wanting to check out blockchain applications? Yeah, I think uh, many people ask this question like, okay, which blockchain is the right solution mm-hmm. for us? And um, I, I, don't, I don't think there is one simple answer to that. Each and every case has to be evaluated uh, by their merits. So one use case for your business might not be applicable to other business. So there are different blockchains out there. There are like tons of blockchains out there just came up in the last uh, couple of years. And uh, they're public, private, hybrid, all kinds of blockchains. So all the enterprises, they just think that, okay, we should choose private because we are a private enterprise. We work with private data. But if you're working with private blockchains, you also have to understand that there is um, the actual essence of blockchain is missing in a private blockchain, right? Like you still control the nodes and infrastructure. So you have to a certain extent that you can, you, you have the control. It's a, still a centralized process. So then there is no real need for a private blockchain in that context. So people just call okay we are using blockchain but uh, yeah i think we have to evaluate and see what kind of blockchain solution do they really need and what are they trying to achieve uh, with blockchain because mo- i i think it's it's still young and most of the enterprises just try to use this fancy word blockchain and say okay we are used doing that and we they like the words of transparency and trust are being mis- misrepresented with the word blockchain in my opinion by various organizations and when you actually dig into different solutions that they are doing they don't really they are not really understanding the real purpose of using a blockchain Um, i think in most of the scenarios they are just using instead of a database they're just using blockchain that's not the real purpose of blockchain right so um, i think you have to evaluate Um, there are tons of blockchains out there and this is what we do we try to provide uh, agnostic opinion on what's best for different use cases Uh, we have been helping out startups we have been helping out enterprises with this question but but if summarizing your advice is here is a little bit make the evaluation make some kind of pre-study but also seek help from those who can for example those in your industry or maybe yourself that there yeah. may be some some kind of expert help that can evaluate yes. evaluate that is that yeah. correct what i'm hearing from you yeah absolutely like it's still a young technology and it's growing rapidly every day so try to get like a third party opinion all the time when you're trying to use blockchain technology because it's going to be your fundamental business layer so if you if you don't get it right then uh, everything you built on top of that will fall apart so it's important that you evaluate this building technology which enables to connect people and make their voices heard without compromising privacy and consent. Learn more at unbiased.cc. You have a very good overview from many positions from different industries. And what do you see going on currently in terms of digitalization and automation? If we look short term, but also maybe two, three years ahead. I think um, as we see the trends right now, I think 5G is coming, which mm-hmm. is going to change and impact various sectors in terms of the the capacity, the network capacity that it brings in. Uh, so it helps. Um, I think the trends we are going to see uh, soon is complete uh, like smart devices and smart services, which is already happening and being implemented in China for quite some time now. 
and it's the rest of the world is adopting in my opinion in terms of the smart services and uh, automation for most of the parts and uh, in maybe in two to three years uh, or even five years uh, we will have autonomous cars uh, going around cities and smart traffic lights or i think they're already uh, to a certain extent they have smart services the whole uh, you will, the whole concept of smart cities we will be evolved and in being implemented in different countries i think uh, that will uh, really uh, see the impact in the societies and in your own personal lives as well like uh, with the digitalization and automation uh, i think blockchain and ai and iot and 5g will lead the way uh, for the next decade uh, to be honest Hmm. Your experience is now in Sweden. You talk a lot of with leaders in the private sector, but also in when it comes to smart cities. How do you think, like uh, the the people or those in management, are prepared for this? I know that, uh, like for example, a couple of communes in Sweden are trying to really work hard and um, do different stuff in these domains, but. I still think it's a bit uh, hard um, for them to uh, adopt these things as soon as as the enterprise's private sector. But uh, I still think they understand the need. Uh, they understand uh, the purpose of different stuffs. I think it's just that the private sector will be the first ones and they will push uh, the change even in the public sectors. I don't think public sectors have the resources to pull off these uh, stuff, but they have the financial resources of course but in terms of technology and other side of things mm. i don't think they have that capacity right now but uh, some startup or some private enterprise will reach uh, that gap mm. the reason to my question is that we in different studies we hear that it's a top management that should drive this change but also that yes. maybe we should work bottom up how do you see let's say if i want to learn more about blockchain do you think it's my own responsibility to understand new digital technologies or how should we educate and train both employees but also citizens in a society uh when we talk about like big enterprises i think i kind of when when i was working on trying to evaluate like the swedish uh, it industry and how it's evolving one of the common observations was that i kind of felt like it's a bit too conservative in terms of these new technologies it's old school uh, most of the times I know that Sweden is one of the innovative countries, but I don't think it's one of the countries uh, who is adopting these innovations pretty soon or quickly. There, there are different organizations coming up with new cool solutions, but in terms of adoption, uh, I don't think that's happening uh, pretty soon. And even within the organizations uh, that we see today, they, some people in the top level are talking and recognizing the blockchain, but when it comes to the uh, the bottom levels i don't think there is that serious push from the uh, top level uh, to be honest mm-hmm. but uh, if i think right now in the early stages i think it's people uh, like the developers and enthusiasts need to start like identifying these trends and uh, start trying to understand on at least on a high level okay what this represent what does blockchain mean what do you, what can you use it for and i think i always encourage my team or anyone that i work with to be open uh, for all this new new stuff that's coming along and we might completely 
close this idea that we have been working on and start something new. So we have to be open in this really fast-moving uh, technological domain right now. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that advice. Be open and explore. And, yeah. and you as a CEO, encourage your team. One other question that I, w- I would like to ask is that we see, for example, not only the blockchain technology. Today, we talk about mm-hmm. artificial intelligence and how important is AI applications today in our societies? I think the adoption of AI is increasing rapidly and i i think like in various sectors uh, like healthcare finance uh, uh, automobile it's just changing the whole business models the whole it's disrupting the whole industries because of its capacity to process huge amounts of data and extract insights right so i think uh, it's going to be a significant change uh, in terms of uh, the dynamics of a company the business models and the people working within these organizations So I think everyone should start recognizing and learning, at least on high level, about Mm. artificial intelligence or blockchain technology so that they are ready when this change, ready to impact them on a personal level. And they understand, okay, what it actually means. Uh, If they're not ready, I think it's going to be a huge risk. I think people should start realizing that. And uh, I think we, we will... For sure, we are already using it. In the coming days, it's just going to increase more and more. Mm. We all understand the benefits that could be maybe smarter and better applications, yeah. but but there are also some kind of challenges, right? There are some ethical yeah. principles that we need to think about and how important is the ethical principles and how should we make sure that we, we talk about uh, those sites as well? I think this is one of the super important topics and personally, uh, I'm super inclined towards this, Uh, topic because I think this is a fundamental issue with the technology. Like technology is cool and AI is innovative, innovative and cool. But at the same time, the fundamental issues like bias and uh, ethics have to be evo- uh, addressed uh, on the very early stages of the process as well. And this is what we do at Unbiased as well. We are building uh, solutions to address the ethical issues. So if we take some examples, Like um, there were AI algorithms, for example, in UK uh, for processing uh, visa applications and passports. Mm. So they had this uh, automatic image recognition algorithm, which identifies if the people in the the picture, uh, the person in that image has the eyes wide open and the facial uh, impressions are accurate according to the requirements. So in certain conditions, when it's put under test with the Chinese nationals, for instance, it wasn't able to recognize that there were their eyes were open because the the data set the algorithm was trained upon didn't had enough data related to the chinese nationals for instance or there was another example where person of color uh, was put to test uh, with that algorithm and these are real cases uh, that happened mm-hmm. and it didn't recognize it as uh, the picture the the person it didn't recognize the person at all it mm-hmm. could be that the algorithm was trained upon a data set with more white people, uh, for instance. And this also applies in the legal sector, like in some uh, states of United States, in America, that they are using uh, artificial intelligence to uh, give uh, sentences in the judicial system. When they try to evaluate the outcomes, and sometimes like people of uh, color didn't get uh, bail, uh, for instance, very quickly, 
uh, or even sometimes they didn't get mm-hmm. bail at all. But people, uh, the white people, got more uh, bails and opportunities uh, with that algorithms. And this this has huge implications as well. Like if you look at the autonomous sector as well, like if you put a system to test, okay, there is the scenario where car has to crash, doesn't have any alternative op- uh, alternative option. Mm-hmm. What does it do? It d- does it kill a person inside the car, or does it crash a pregnant lady, or does it cra- mm-hmm. crash an old person? So it has multiple options. Which option does it choose? So these are like some super important ethical questions. Mm. I think uh, EU is taking the right approach. We just saw the announcement of AI white paper uh, in, during February. And uh, I think they're on the right track to evaluate the risks and uh, implement certain regulations on different algorithms and companies uh, who are working with these applications. I mm. think that's a step in the right direction. And, and we are basically helping out at Unbiased to address these issues from the beginning, from the, collect, from the point where you actually start building the algorithm. That's where you like collect the data, clean the data, address the data challenges. So that's what we do. We need to both work with regulation, but also companies yeah. like yourselves there help yeah. to minimize the, this kind of uh, risk or challenges. And I would like to ask is that, uh, so, so this transformation is currently ongoing and th- there is the yeah. rapid development, but the awareness that you all talk about, how could I, like, if you say normal citizen, normal employee, that uh, should I be more concerned about the data, the data sets and be more proactive to ask, okay, can I see your algorithms? Can I see your data sets? Should I, as a consumer, as a citizen, be more forward and ask the questions to, the, the, to, to for example, the tech companies? I think, uh, uh, yeah, this is what we have to do. Uh, we have to start doing this because we kind of gave this monopoly for these uh, internet chains and it's time to make it a bit more democracy, right? Mm-hmm. So people are creating value uh, for these organizations and companies. Of course, it's a free service, but can't expect to provide everything about ourselves uh, just in exchange for a free service. There has to be certain limitations on and transparency on how our data is being used for different purposes. You don't know, like once it's in their systems, you don't know what's happening with your data. And you're, and I think many people are actually fine to share that share their data if they actually know what it's being used for. Hmm. Uh, I think it can help evolve the innovation as well in most of the scenarios, like in healthcare, for instance. As a patient, uh, if willing to share my uh, personal health data without actually identifying my personal details, uh, just for research purposes, if I can give my consent to that, then yeah, I can get some incentive as well uh, from the outcomes, right? So, I don't have to be incentivized in financial terms, but I can still have certain good feeling, right? Like, okay, I contributed to the research of uh, this new drug that can help solve cancer or whatever. I think that's 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 something we have to start doing, and that's where like the blockchain uh, technology helps quite a lot with consent management systems uh, and transparency uh, to a certain extent. Mm. Then we are all working together to increase the innovation and we can do really powerful yeah. applications that can can help us. My last question in this uh, this area, I, I, I always ask my guests that uh, we, we see that and we, we read that a lot of people say that this transformation with, for example, artificial intelligence may mean fewer jobs and they can replace humans. Uh, and what's your view? 
think if you if you came in uh, if you came in time and asked me two years back or three mm. years back, I would have agreed to this. And this was my feeling as well. Okay, this is something like Terminator style. Everything everything is <laughs> going to be changed. But uh, I, I think uh, that's not the reality. To be honest, I think uh, people are evolving and people always will do we just need to there there will be some uh, transformational challenges but i think at the end of the day people will have new opportunities new requirements in the industry so it's just that we have to be open uh, we don't uh, we should change that conservative uh, lifestyle and be more open welcome these new innovations uh, but also make sure these are built in an ethical way these are transparent so we have to set these principles and work towards those principles. Yeah. I think like, as I said, like uh, we have to be really open and uh, welcoming these new technologies. And But at the same time, we have to hold them accountable, mm. uh, the enterprises yeah. and institutions working with these technologies. So th- that's the only way we can uh, grow as uh, humanity and uh, we can evolve. Yeah. And uh, for, for go- you going forward with your different projects and also your company, what what will be the next step ahead? I think um, uh, as we just launched our first application, I mm-hmm. think we are challenging the already the implications of uh, um, bias and uh, ethical challenges uh, in AI. Maybe in the coming months and uh, years, I think Unbiased will be one of the uh, biggest competitors out there in the market mm-hmm. providing these uh, solutions and supporting the regulations as well. So EU announced it last month, but we already built a solution for it, right? So mm-hmm. we are we identified this issue two years back and we have been working on that. So it's just that, that uh, we are thinking forward as a younger generation and uh, we are building new things and we will be doing that along the way unless it's going to grow and people should look out for it. Yeah, of course. And and if we want to contact you, how should we do that? Do you have an email or LinkedIn account? So you can go to uh, unbiased.sc uh, and you can um, find our contact information or you can just send us a message on LinkedIn or social media anywhere like you can also write to me on um, uh, contact at unbiased.cc uh, mm-hmm. and maybe you will put a link to it uh, in the podcast uh, it has been very interesting and i look forward to follow your your company as well but also we, i know that you are involved in writing a lot of articles and being a thought leader in this area which is very important to to increase our awareness thank you zukesh for being with us thank you for having me and to share uh, with your audience